0: Happy Wednesday, March 15th. To you all, the Pittsburgh Penguins have another massive game coming up on Thursday. To start the show, I'm going to tell you how the Penguins can make it three in a row against the New York Rangers. It's coming up right after this drop. Your locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins, And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by Thandle. I am mean, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more. Visit Fiendole.com today to get started. So <clears throat> let's jump right into it. Penguins Rangers, Thursday night, Death Valley, a.k.a. Madison Square Garden, where, yes, it is going to be a war zone in that arena, and I'm sure it is going to be World War III on social media when these two teams meet again, because these two fan bases have been eating each other for the last, uh, <clears throat> yeah about the last year, probably 10 months to a year. Uh, Penguins have taken the first two meetings against the Rangers this season. Both wins coming at home at the Beach, Beach Arena. They will now do a little mini home-and-home home, a la shortened COVID season when they will play Thursday at MSG and then Saturday at MSG. Rangers um, won their, next, their last game after they lost to the Penguins. Um, they beat the Capitals pretty bad at home just the other night uh, after the I mean, obviously, when the Penguins lost to the Canadians, the Rangers won. So they are now eight points ahead of the Penguins. If the Penguins win both these games in regulation, they'll be four points back. But still, this is a very steep hill to climb when there is only a month left in the regular season. They are probably not going to catch them now. They needed the Capitals to beat the Rangers in regulation, and then they needed to beat the Canadians themselves to um, get within four points heading into this home-and-home. That is not going to happen again. I said it was unlikely in my show um, just the other day. You know we, we all saw it here so um yeah best case scenario you sweep both in regulation you get four four back and then you have to get a little bit of help and also play better the rest of the way but you know we'll have to see what happens there rangers you know they will come at you um some different lines i think they're running Panarins, of benedict Kreider, Trocheck, and kane kane was on the top line i believe in the last game they bumped him down lafreniere Filip capo caco they call that their kids line um, Lafreniere really struggled to open this season, was a healthy scratch for the Rangers, but he's really been finding his game the last few weeks, starting to look, you know, more like, you know, the player who we thought he was going to be when he was picking number one overall in the draft. Philip Heedle, he's had another strong year. Capo Kako, he's coming to his own as well. You know, it's it's been, you know, slow with their kids. You know, top five picks in the draft, especially Caco and Lafreniere. Um, but, you know, they haven't had... Just, you know, that big breakout that I think a lot of people have expected them to have. Heedle more so than the other th- the other two. But it's I think it's slowly starting to come. I don't know if they're ever gonna be 70, 80 point players, but I think they can definitely be maybe 50 to 60 point players in this league. Jimmy VC, Barkley Goodrow, Tyler Mott. This is a very deep team, a very good forward group. <clears throat> they can run four at they can run four lines against anybody in this league. <clears throat> Defensively, Keandre Miller with Jacob Truba, Nico Miklo with Adam Box. Ben Harper with Braden Schneider, Uh, Ryan Lindgren, he skated um, after practice today. So it does not look like he is going to be playing on Thursday. We'll see if he'll play on Saturday. That is a big loss for the Rangers. They have been kind of a mess defensively without him in the lineup. Uh, You know, Mikola, I think, has played well next to Fox. Fox is their best defenseman. I mean, that's not, you know, rocket science here. Um, He's probably going to have to play half of each Rangers playoff game if they want to go on a deep run. Outside of him, even with Lindgren healthy, Keiondre Miller is pretty decent. I don't really think anyone else on that you know, defensive core is that good. Truba, you know, he doesn't really move the needle much offensively or defensively. Mikula is not bad. Brian Schneider, young player, okay offensively, but I don't really think he moves the needle that much too. They are just not that good of a defensive team, and you saw that on display in the game over the weekend. And then the Penguins will see – Igor Shosturkin in this game. I would be stunned if they started Yaroslav Halak. Um, they had an off day today. Um, Rangers did. Uh, it will be Igor Shosturkin as the Penguins saw in the first matchup. In terms of how the Penguins can win this one, you know, play the way they did through the first forty minutes. They were giving the Rangers fits um, in Sunday's contest, offensively, defensively, and especially, I should say, offensively. They were forcing a lot of turnovers. Got some puck luck, but. They were just speed-bagging those guys right off base. It looked very, very similar to what we saw in the playoff series for six of the seven games, I would say. Hey, um, the Rangers outplayed them mainly in game two if you could. I think otherwise the Penguins really speed bagged those guys in six of the other seven games. But, you know, I think that's the recipe for the Penguins to win this game. Come at them zero to one hundred, you foretrick aggressively, you take away that cross-ice pass that the Rangers really like. That's something that Mike Sullivan has done a great job of when he's played the Rangers. And the Penguins, you know, <clears throat> I know they just lost a playoff series to them, but this is usually a team that they have success against in the Mike Sullivan era. They beat them in the playoff series in 2016. Even in the years after, when the Rangers were retooling a little bit, they usually had their number. And then even the last couple of seasons before. On the playoffs, I know the Penguins lost three out of four to the Rangers last year um, in the regular season, but for the most part, this is a, 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 a Rangers team that the Penguins play very well against. And, and, and Mike Sullivan has done a really good job of adjusting to Gerard Gallant's system with how you know the Rangers they like to score off the rush, that's how they run their offense. They love that cross ice pass from the point all the way to the other side of the offensive zone. Penguins have done a really good job of taking that away forcing the Rangers to change up their approach. Chris Letang even mentioned um, that, you know, when, even when the Rangers adjusted to it and they were sending a few more forecheckers than normal, Mike Sullivan had his own adjustment to that. And, you know, it was giving the Rangers, you know, a lot of fits in that game on Sunday, you know, outside of that, um, that just that poor play in front of the net and then Kreider's goal, which should not have been a goal because it should have been a penalty on Ben Strochek. You know, the Rangers really didn't threaten that much. They had a good third period, but in the first two periods, Penguins played them very, very well. That That is the blueprint. Obviously, they got to get some saves. I'm not really sure who's going to start in this game. If I had to guess, I think they might go to DeSmith. Would not be surprised. You know, and he's definitely the better goalie right now. I think it would behoove Jari to maybe get a little bit of time off just because he's obviously not right. He's inconsistent as heck, yes. But I also still think he is banged up. He doesn't even look like he's 70% out there with how Dismith has been playing at least a little bit lately, I would go to him <clears throat> in this game, even though the points are very precious. Um, the, the, the power play, obviously that has to be better. You know, the Penguins on the road lately, um, you know, or, or honestly, I should say just for this season, it's been rough. You know, they they, they play four out of their next five games um, <clears throat> on the road. And if you look at their overall road stats, 15 and 13 and five on the road 15.2 percent on the power play 77.7 percent on the penalty kill not good enough on um, the power play honestly on the road I think it was last week when we saw this dad they were like what four for the last 50 or something like that it was good for like barely five percent whatever the heck that I, I'm not I'm not a mathematician here it was not my major in college but you all see where I'm going with that right just not good in this side so the power play was a bit better against the rangers on sunday penalty kill actually was good against the rangers the rangers can throw two number one units at you that's going to be a big key in this one for me can the penguins pk which has been really bad as of late slow down the rangers power play yet again that's a big one for me getting traffic in front of igor shesterkin we all know it despite what anyone thinks of him you know, talk about his on ice antics with maybe he's a Flopper, or whatever you know, he's one of the three to four best goaltenders in hockey. Easily in my top three. My top three is probably Andre Vasilevsky, Igor Shasturkin, Ilya Sorokin. You can probably throw Connor Hellebuck in there. Those are my top three goalies in this league. You can honestly maybe even interchange them up. Well, I would maybe put Shasturkin as high as two. I think Vasilevsky's a little bit better than him, but this is still one of the best goaltenders in the league. You got to get traffic in front of them, take away the sight lines. They've done a good job, they did a good job. Um, Even when the games they lost against the Islanders, they did a decent job against Elias Rokin. They put, you know, quite a few goals past him, especially in the final few games. I know he was able to make some good saves, but, you know, they got to follow that blueprint, but do it to an even higher degree, especially with what they did in game three and game four in the playoff series against Shostakovich, where they really, really rattled him. You know, those are the things I think I'm really looking for in this one. Top six, they're going to have to probably carry the load. You know, we're going to have to see On that, a couple other stats to throw out you here in terms of the overall head-to-head. I always love getting my Penguins PR notes. Penguins have points in 16 of their last 21 games against the Rangers, 13 and 5 and 3 in those games. They're also 17 and 7 and 3 or 17 and 10 in the last 27 games against the Rangers. And a win would also allow the Penguins to take the season series against them for the sixth time in the last eight years. Again, Penguins usually play the Rangers very, very well <clears throat> uh, over the years, three zero and one in their last four games against Metropolitan Division opponents, and they are also, of course, seven and two and one over the last ten games. But it does not feel like that. Um, that's for sure. Players to look out for against the Rangers: Ricardo McHale. four goals, eleven points in seventeen career games against the Rangers. Did score the one on Sunday to open the scoring on the five one three. That was very nice. Chris Letang, forty four points in sixty one career games against the Rangers. <clears throat> so. Those are two to look out for. Sidney Crosby always plays well against the Rangers. Jake Densel does as well. Um, Those are my main thoughts when it comes to uh, Penguins Rangers. So we'll have to see. This is a big one. Obviously, it's going to be feisty, especially what happened on Sunday with Jacob Truba taking on Alex Nylander. But again, clean hit. No problem with it. And then Vincent Trotrick and Ageny Malkin exchanging their pleasantries with each other. Should be a lot of fun. We'll recap it uh, tomorrow and then Friday with Nick Zoraris when he comes on the show, We'll also preview Saturday's game as well. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into some injury updates from the Penguins, who I expect to, to see in the lineup, if Jeff Petrie and Jan Ruto can go. We'll also get to a couple of injury updates from Brian Burke on the GM show from today. And then a little later on, we are going to get into the GM meetings and why I think they're focusing on all of the wrong things at those meetings right now, but... Before we get to that, it is time to touch on FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Locked On. Believe it or not, we are close to the playoffs of the for the NBA season. And that means it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, the America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, that is bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game per So don't miss a chance to get your nose-flip first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and locked on. I'm back here in this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor's or Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, <clears throat> got a big injury update today on Dimitri Kulokha. The Penguins officially placed him on long-term injured reserve retroactive to the other day. I believe it was, what, March? Yeah, March 12th. He got hurt. So, earliest he can return is April 6th. He is basically done for most, if not all, of the regular season. Again, from what I've been hearing about the injury, it is a broken foot. Anyone that's had a broken foot knows you're out for at least a month, if not maybe a little longer. Um, Brian Burke on the GM show today did say that their hope is that he's able to come back before the regular season um, ends. If he comes back April 6th, Penguins, I'm just confirming this on my phone here, that is against the Minnesota Wild at home. That has that game, Detroit, Chicago, Columbus. He would have four games to play. Before the playoffs start, if the Penguins do get in, so that's the earliest he can come back. So again, he's basically done for the regular season. If he's able to come back at all, it would only be for a few games, and then we'll see if he plays in the playoffs. That means it is going to be Po Joseph's um, s- spot on that bottom pairing for most, if not all, of the regular season, potentially in the playoffs if they get in. Um, he's got to play better than he did on Tuesday against the Canadians. You no know, couple of plays that he made. I think that was maybe a reason why the Penguins were a little bit hesitant to play him despite them getting Kulikov from the Ducks in exchange for again in that pick. You know, just a couple of bad defensive errors, especially on that game-winning goal early in the third period. I understand it was a really nice stretch pass. I believe it was from Justin Barron of the Canadians. but P.O., as I explained in my Tuesday episode, he needs to jump up there and <clears throat> either make a play or he well. In a perfect world, I would rather have him come back. He was just in no man's land. He just didn't commit to either of the two plays. He's either gonna come up there, take away the pass, or he's gotta peel back and go one on one and try to beat um, um, the play, the Montreal Canadiens player there. That also had a really nice um, shot over to I believe it was um Richard, um, Richard excuse me, um, that shot it in the net. So just didn't like that play there. Thought it was some really poor defense, but. I'm sure he's going to learn from it I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be better on on thursday against the rangers and the moving forward also so with jack Petri and jan ruda obviously both left the game um, going into the third period the penguins had to play most of that period if actually they had to play all of it that third period with four defensemen very hard thing to do we saw it once earlier this season when um the penguins were down to four defensemen halfway through the game in regulation against the capitals remember and if one more defenseman went down Mike Sullivan was literally going through forwards and saying like, "Hey, have you played defense before? Have you played defense before?" It would have gotten scary really quickly. So those kind of situations are just something that sometimes not a lot of coaches can prepare for, just because usually teams are not down to three defensemen um, during during a game. But you know, Penguins almost happened to them again in this one. But Brian Burke I did say on the GM show that it sounds like you know, uh, Petrie and Ruda, um, they might be able to take warm-up um tomorrow. Um, that's what at least Brian Burke said. He said, I think the, uh, the medical reports are going to be in tonight and they're gonna try to see if they can give it a go and warm up tomorrow. Um, also, you can see if they're there for the morning skate, that's gonna be the big indicator. If they're not there for the skate, then, you know, <clears throat> maybe the medical reports came in and it was not that good. Um, this also can be in a call up happens for the Penguins. If someone does come up, I would assume it's going to be Mark Freeman. A couple of people in my mentions came in and said, what about Ty Smith? No, he is hurt right now. Um, he has a facial fracture. He's not playing, so it's not going to be it. It's going to be Mark Freeman, someone who can play both sides. He also loves antagonizing the Rangers. Um, they don't call him Lord, Far- Lord Farquad for no reason. I remember they were wearing that shirt last season. I think it was Brian Boyle that first started wearing the shirt. I'm um, to him great season last year for the Penguins. Um, but if there is a call up, I would assume he um, would come up from Wilkes barre just because he has the most initial experience. And I actually really like him when he's in the lineup. Um, if Petrie can't go, at least on the right side, you know, maybe. Um, actually, yeah. If both can't go, you will definitely see Freeman come up. And I think Chai will step in. If one can't go, especially if it's, you know, Ruda or Petrie on the right side, because obviously they both play on the right, then Chad can just step in, but, you know, we'll have to see if uh, one or both of them will be able to play um, in this game. No practice today for the Penguins took an off day to travel to New York. Um, they will obviously play on Thursday night at Madison Square Garden. So that wraps up this small little segment where we touch on some of the injury updates. What the, what the pairing, well, I should say right now, if if both are out, I think the pairings you see, they are going to go Pedersen, Latang. would figure they would go. Dumoulin, if both Petrie and Ruda are out, it's probably going to be something like Dumoulin and Ruedel, if I had to guess. And then probably Joseph Friedman, something like that, just because Friedman would get called up. He can play either side. Now, if it's just one of them that's out, Pedersen, Letang, say it's it's Petrie, I think they'll go uh, Dumoulin, Ruda, and then Joseph Ruedel, which, you know, the P.O. Joseph, Chad Ruedel pairing should be the full-time them pairing. I just haven't been a fan of Kulikov even when he played a little bit. And I don't think Jan Rudas had that good of a year um, either. So that's why I think the pairs will look like if one or, or both of them are out. Uh, but if both of them are in the lineup, I think you'll see the same exact pairings that we saw um, on Tuesday against the Canadians. So that wraps up this second segment. Coming up to end the show, gm meetings what do they really need to be discussing at these meetings and that's, that's what i'm going to discuss coming up right after this commercial break but before we get to that it's time to talk, touch on bill bar if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories then you gotta try bill Bar. and you're probably wondering what makes them really really good well for starters they are covered in 100 real chocolate and that's right real real chocolate, and they come in great flavors like peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, and churro. I'm not really sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. They only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you can just go to your local Walmart, get flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. Same with Sam's club. You can grab a 13 bar box. If you want brownie batter, churro again, cookies and cream, double chocolate, any of these two places has any of those flavors. You can thank me later when it comes to that. All right. I'm back here in this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. you to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Eleanor.penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get right into it. So the GM meetings have, or have they are taking place. This week. And it honestly seems like to me they are focusing on all of the wrong things. Like one of the things I was listening to the 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff American and like Freeman, very good show. (laughs) They were discussing, like, oh, they're going to shorten the preseason. Cool. I mean, that's a fine, that's an okay change, but I don't think it's anything, you know, breathtaking. Um, They're focusing on, oh, adding more coaches' challenge, like to puck over the glass and then other, and then interference and stuff. And it's like, I don't think we need a coaches' challenge for a puck over the glass penalty. How about you just have a sky judge that can review it? I don't think, I just don't think we need another coaching challenge because again, oh, that slows the game down even more. You know, I am a bit of a proponent of for replay in sports. I, obviously, I, I want the calls to be correct, but at the same time, also try not to sound like a massive hypocrite here. But, you know, with how the refs standards are and how they just screw up the easiest of calls, Would this really help? I doubt it. It's the NHL here. They have some of the worst officials I've ever seen in any professional sports setting. So I'm not really sure that's going to help that much at all. Uh, They're speaking today how the cap is only going to go up by 1 million next season. No other league is dealing with this. Why is it only the NHL? NFL salary cap goes up by like 100 million every year. NBAs have skyrocketed. Baseball doesn't even have a cap, but the teams are spending money like it's nobody's business. Especially the New York Mets. Why is not NHL having so much problems? I understand that COVID hit the league really hard, but you know, we're pretty we're out of way out of way of the worst of the pandemic. You know, that's mostly basically gone at this point. You know, we're obviously still going to have COVID for forever. I, I will say, but you know, with compared to where we were two years ago, you know, it's night and day to be honest. So I just don't get why this cap is only going up 1 million. You have the Arizona coyotes problem. How is that not being discussed at the GM meetings? I understand that maybe it's more of a board of governors ownership stuff, but that should be discussed at the GM meetings. How the coyotes are basically a money laundering business. A third of their freaking salary cap is tied up to players who don't even play in the league anymore. How is that right? like, that's just not right at all. I think another thing that they should be discussing at the GA meetings as well, please, for the love of God, can we take, can we get rid of this playoff format and throw it in the trash? I hate this playoff format. I mean, I've spoken to plenty of people who cover teams for other markets, cover teams, cover the Penguins in this market, and they've talked to players who they hate the playoff format. Heck, we just saw Sidney Crosby and a few other players ask, being, and they were asked at the all-star game about the playoff format. They all said they would rather do the one versus eight system. But you got Gary Bettman today saying like, oh yeah, you know, our research over the last month shows that, you know, there really hasn't been that much movement. You know, we really like the playoff format. You know, we really have had no complaints about it. Should have gaslighting right there. I mean, what? Even Alan Walsh, a player agent, he, he, he I, I'm going to try to load, I'm going to uh, load up this tweet. Right here, you know, he's obviously one of the most um outspoken agents in the NHL, and he saw what Bettman said. Um, and out Al- and Alan even said, I don't know one player who prefers the current system over one versus eight, and I believe him. I don't know how anyone could like this divisional playoff format. I mean, I, I guess I get it because if you like more rivalries, okay, I can listen to you a little bit on that, but for me. I'm tired of watching the same teams play each other in the playoffs. And Toronto and Tampa are going to get sick of each other at the end of this series. We, saw, we all saw Penguins Rangers three seasons in a row in the playoffs. We saw the same for Penguins Capitals. I don't need to see those series for a while. I'd rather them play new teams. It looks like the Penguins are probably going to get their wish this year. They haven't played, a, they haven't played Carolina since 2009 in a the series. They haven't played Boston since 2013 in a series. New Jersey, they haven't played them in a very, very long time. Um, so, uh, you can go back way, 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 way further than that. No. So <laughs> I'm just, you know, it, it, I understand that they want to do the rivalry thing. I get it. But the format is also, it just, it takes away, you know, your success for the regular season. You know, you're pitting like two of the five best teams in the league. Oh, you, you one of them has to be out in the second round. I mean, I'd rather watch to watch two of those teams play in a conference final or a semi-final than something like that. So that's another point of emphasis that I would be discussing at the GM meetings. Obviously, Arizona. You know, <clears throat> you know, I would also. This is probably some wishful thinking for me. I would start really talking about the shootout. I, I, I saw I got triggered again tonight when I saw Evgeny Kuznetsov make that same stupid move that all bad EA Sports NHL players do and online shootouts where you come in so slow, you don't really move, the goalie stands no chance, you fire it uh, to the opposite side of the net, goal. He did it again tonight. I don't know how you can have a shootout and allow that to be like, like not banned. Honestly, again, I would take rid of the shootout overall. I would have maybe five more minutes of three on three overtime. I think players can handle it. Get creative. You know, maybe you can have a shootout after ten minutes of three on three, four on four overtime. I would keep three on three. But well, you would see a drastic decline in the show. You probably can just get rid of a shootout at that point because there will maybe be what ten games that go to a shootout. To be honest, um, again, <clears throat> you know, yeah, those are the main things I'm looking at. I'm glad they're not doing expansion though. I don't think they need to expand um, right now. Um, anything, everything else, I think is pretty. Okay, well, it's it's well th- there's obviously some problems. You know, I, I think that the, the GMs need to be you have the officials try to be more accountable or at least push the league to have them be more accountable. Um, you know, make them available after games. That would be a big step for how you know they've blown calls and that sort of stuff. Also, what I wonder if the loser point is ever gonna be a point of discussion. You know, you have teams that are literally in you know in the playoff race sorely because of loser points. you take those away what do the standings look like i don't know if they'll ever get rid of that but you know it's something that i would potentially look at that's for sure um but that wraps up this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i really appreciate all of you listening to this one a little bit of a different episode today did have the preview of course i wanted to get into some other topics as well especially the gm meetings um, For tomorrow and Friday, we will be fully recapping the game against the Rangers and getting you all set for Saturday's rematch at Madison Square Garden as these will be the final two games of the season against the Rangers. Most likely, I don't think they're going to play again, um, even if they get in the playoffs because I don't think this is going to be the 2-3 matchup. And I don't think both of those teams will get, far, get as far to the point where they will be playing um, in the second or third round. I just don't really see it at this point. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all really enjoyed it. Um, we're also 40, 43 subs away from 1,000 on YouTube. If you haven't subbed yet, please go do it. Tell your friends. We're almost 40 away now from one of my biggest goals for this channel. Of course, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Let me know your your thoughts about what I talked about in this one in the comments, and you can message me on Twitter and other social media platforms. Again, thank you all so much for listening. I always appreciate it. Let's do this again on Thursday.